Okay, next to an update on a pretty big story from yesterday. Capital One uh, getting uh, hacked. 100 million of their uh, customers had their personal information and data compromised. That includes 6 million uh, Canadians. And the FBI uh, making an arrest in this case yesterday. Paige Thompson, a former Amazon employee, is the accused uh, hacker of stealing all of this uh, personal data. And according to FBI agents, she seemingly almost wanted to get caught. And for more on this, we're joined now by Sharuti Shakar, reporter with a mobile syrup. She joins us here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Sharuti, good afternoon. Nice to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, this uh, Paige Thompson, uh, what we know. Uh, I've been reading that she kind of left uh, what people are calling digital breadcrumbs. Yeah, it's it's pretty shocking and uh, definitely unlike other hacking uh, situations that have happened in the past. Generally, it takes a little longer to find the hacker. Uh, in this instance, she was pretty much putting her content out right for the public to see. And, you know, she made posts on Twitter. She made posts on GitHub, which is a, a developer platform uh, to share code. Um, so she was pretty out there and she was very open in, in, in saying that she has these accounts and all the details uh, from Capital One. Okay. Do we know why? Are there any, uh, uh, I don't know, the working theories out there as to why this Paige Thompson seemingly uh, wanted to get caught? Look, I'm not a psychologist, (laughs) I can't be for sure, but, um, you know, I was just sort of reading upon um, her a little bit, just out of my own um, interest, and it's very evident that she may have suffered some sort of um, mental illness towards, maybe it was depression, uh, maybe it was um, not finding the right job placement, not having uh, maybe good relationships, I'm not entirely sure. you know, there were some reports about how she tweeted um, one day that her cat had passed away, and it was one of the most painful experiences that she ever had. And um, goes on to saying that she wanted to also check into a mental health facility. So it's very evident that she um, probably had some sort of mental health condition, um, which is very unfortunate, um, and that's probably why um, she may or may have been posting these things. Maybe she wanted the attention. Maybe she needed. Um, and want someone to reach out to her. Almost a, a cry for help in some way. Uh, exactly. And, you know, I, again, I'm not a, a, a therapist or a psychologist of, of any means. I only report on tech. <laughs> sure. But, um, you know, sometimes the working conditions in tech industries can be pretty um, long hours, gruesome, hard. And maybe that was something she was facing, you know, just a breakdown of some of the jobs that she had as well. It's not like she had a stable job you know, one job over five years or two jobs over, you know, how many ever years, you know, she literally had eight employers over a 12 month period. That's, uh, that's like a pretty like, (laughs) sorry, 12 year period. I apologize. I apologize. But that that's a pretty long, it's not, that's not good. You know, almost every job lasted less than 18 months and um, some lasting only a few months. And well, a bit of an erratic jobs, job record, and uh, ironically enough, one of her online aliases was uh, erratic. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, it's it's sort of like it looks like this a, accumulation of things of not finding the right job placement, or maybe not being happy at your job. 
that she was in, and then also needing that cry for help and posting these sort of um, quote-unquote erratic messages on on social media. We do know one of those jobs was uh, with Amazon. She's a former Amazon employee. And uh, do we know if uh, maybe knowing the inner workings of Amazon, did that help her infiltrate to Capital One? Do we have any idea just uh, how easy or how difficult this was for her to pull this off? Well, Amazon actually came out with a statement and said that the systems were not breached. And, you know, that I think is pretty interesting to say because essentially what she was able to do is she accessed it through a faulty firewall. Um, Essentially, basically, there was probably some sort of error in the code and she was able to access all this information. And um, Capital One uses Amazon's cloud cloud software, cloud server software. So um, it's, it's probably that's where she learned how to to access it. You know, she was on the job. She was um, kind of hacking and and figuring it all out, and she probably figured it out. And um, I'm not entirely sure if that is exactly what happened, but that's that's sort of what I'm understanding is what happened. Yeah, back to the tech side of this uh, story, uh, Sharuti. Does Capital One, do they have a lot to answer for here when it comes to uh, somebody being able to uh, hack into their system seemingly this easy? No, you know, the only thing that they did, and and I think it it was the right thing to do, which is putting out a statement sort of right then and there, this is what happened. We had vulnerabilities. We apologize. It's obviously not an ideal situation. It's very uncomfortable. It's like 100 million U.S. customers, 6 million Canadian customers, credit card information, social insurance numbers. That's a lot. That's a lot of information that has been hacked and taken. So Capital One obviously did the right procedure, which is once they figured out that these messages were being posted, uh, they were notified. They informed the FBI's Federal Bureau of of investigation and they did the investigation and found out that this was the situation and said you know we're very apologetic but i mean i i don't that's all that they've really done it is unfortunate that that's all they can do because i think customers deserve to have more than just that um but yeah that's all we know and i think what's more shocking uh, and an unfortunate situation is that this happened so close to the desjardins breach that happened about a month ago, uh, which also had a similar situation of hacking. And that's mm-hmm. pretty pretty, uh, pretty um, traumatic for a lot of customers, I would believe. Yeah, so uh, is this the, the new world, the, the new way of life? Uh, I mean, we're all doing banking on our phones now, on our <laughs> smartphones, and is this just something we're going to have to come to expect from time to time? I, you know what? Um, it's not something that's surprising. I think that hacking these sort of situations can happen. But, you know, most banks take a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot of precaution for these situations to not take place. In fact, most banks hire, um, you know, hackers to hack their, you know, their systems to make sure that they have the proper securities in place and so hackings don't take place. Um, So, you know, I know that a lot of banks do take a lot of precautions. Um, You know, the best way to really be careful is making sure that you have um, strong, secure passwords, um, monitoring your bank accounts. And if you do see anything that's vulnerable or weird or not not your usual habits, you know, informing your bank. And, you know, when you're traveling out of the country, informing your bank. It's these little steps that sort of can be taken um, to prevent some sort of vulnerability occurring into your account, right? And I mean, I think we should always be taking these precautions, whether or not a hacking 
takes place. You know, it's interesting you say that the banks hire hackers to try to hack into their system. <laughs> I thought that was only something, Sharuti, that happened in the movies. No. And it's similar to that, though. I mean, this is almost kind of like a high-tech uh, Ocean's Eleven, but instead of trying to break into a bank or a casino's vault, they're breaking into digital uh, records and sensitive files, and now it's kind of like uh, the, the next level, uh, as it were. And at the end of the day, you can do everything just like trying to protect a bank vault uh, that you can possibly think of, but there's no system when it comes to digital information that's foolproof. Yeah, and, and I think that's probably something that will be developed more. Um, if we look at the Desjardins case, the CEO of Desjardins was essentially saying to the federal government, like, we need better protections. We need better ways to secure our, our systems. And I, I think it's high time that there's sort of a, a look into regulation on uh, privacy and security of these sort of informations and how we can help banks to uh, prevent these cases from occurring. Um, obviously, hackers are a lot smarter now than what they were maybe five, ten years ago and uh, it's not like these situations are not going to occur they're definitely going to occur more I'm sure but uh, I guess it's more of a call for us to be more precautious and um, getting better regulations put in place that will help banks to make sure that these hacks don't take place all right Sharuti appreciate the time thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.